Hey there, dog people of the internet. It's me, Sarah Strumming of The Cognitive Canine, and this is called Dog Radio, a podcast about all things dog sports and dog training. Join me as I explore my cases and considerations regarding the behavior of the dogs we live and play with. I hope you enjoy it. friends, I get a ton of suggestions um, of what to record over on the CogDog Radio Facebook page, and I love that. And a while ago, somebody said, can you talk about letting people be wrong? (laughs) And I found that to be intriguing and interesting and something that is actually really important to me. So what what do we mean by letting people be wrong? Well, the poster, the original poster, um, was talking about other dog people of the internet, dog people of the internet who might um, have certain opinions or feelings about dog training that we don't agree with. And I see it all day, every day, people engaging in arguments about dog training on the internet, also engaging in arguments about other things, but this is a dog podcast, so we'll talk about the dog training arguments. Um, And I suggest often to people that they just let it go, um, that they just allow people to have their opinions and move on with their lives. Um, so I'm going to talk about that a little bit. And the overarching piece that was vital for me in kind of my crossover journey and learning to compete with my dogs and not worry about what other people are doing with theirs is that if we are certain that we are correct, then we shouldn't or won't feel compelled to prove anyone else wrong. And I find that to be overwhelmingly true. So when you become aware of something, like perhaps you become aware of the fact that beautiful healing can be trained without ever giving a dog a collar correction. Okay, when I became aware of that fact, I felt compelled to shout it from the rooftops. I no longer feel compelled to shout it from anywhere. And I believe that the reason I don't feel compelled to do that now is because I'm certain that it's true. Whereas when I first kind of discovered this, I still had some questions um, in the back of my mind. I still had some what ifs in my head of, you know, But what if the dog does look away during healing? What are you actually supposed to do? And I've trained really, really nice healing with corrections. Can I train really nice healing without them? When you still have those questions in your mind, that's when you feel compelled to explain to everybody why you're right. When you no longer have those questions, you no longer feel compelled to prove anything, to prove anyone wrong or to prove yourself correct. So if you find yourself um, engaging in these arguments, ask yourself, who am I arguing this point to? Am I arguing this point to these people who disagree with me or am I arguing it to myself? And could I do that in a more effective way? For instance, I mean, I proved it to myself by teaching Iggy um, some nice healing without collar corrections. She pretty much doesn't look away when she's healing, and she's never been, you know, her collar's never been popped for it. In fact, 
her healing training was entirely off leash. And when we were getting ready to get our CD or do our novice uh, title, I put a leash on her for a run through and she looked at me like, what is your problem? We don't heal on leash. And I had to back up a few steps. I realized that I really missed something there um, and didn't teach her that healing could happen on leash. (laughs) Um, And now I've got Felix learning some really nice healing as well without ever having a collar correction. In fact, Felix has never had a collar correction in his life. Um, And I'm certain wouldn't even know how to respond to that. I think he would probably, it breaks my heart to even imagine it because I think the poor guy would just go, mommy, why would you do that to me? Um, And so I'm, I've proved it to myself by doing it. And, and that's kind of my point. And if you prove it to yourself by doing it, you no longer feel compelled to tell others um, or to preach at others about it. And instead, you only talk to people who are interested in the information that you have um, for good kind of productive reasons. So my rules about um, engaging in discussions on the internet with other dog trainers go like this. Number one, I pretty much don't do it if it looks like an argument. Um, I just don't get into fights with other dog trainers on the internet anymore. And I say anymore because there certainly was a time when I did. And my first of all, my life is so much better without that fighting. But second of all, realize that you're probably not going to change anybody's mind in these arguments. You're probably just going to get all heated and upset and no one's mind is going to change. So it comes back to that shut up and show off thing that we talk about. Prove it to yourself and then show it to the world um, is the best way to go. I will engage in a discussion, though. So how do we tell the difference? What's an argument and what's a discussion? An argument is where you have clear sides and a clear divide. And a discussion is where everybody's open to hearing everybody's opinion Um, or everybody's experience, and everybody's kind of freely sharing those things and making comments. The other times that I don't engage are when anybody's language is getting, um, in my opinion, hostile. So (laughs) when people start to talk in absolutes, start to say words like never and always, um, and you know, start to make claims that I know they have no way of fully supporting, fully backing up, um, that's when I get careful and that's when I back off and I don't want to, you know, get engaged with those kinds of people, that kind of talking. So I'm going to give you an example. Um, something that shows up really a little too frequently on my page, um, or not on my page, but in my news feed on Facebook is I've got A lot of dog trainer friends, in fact, it's the majority of my friend base, um, is other trainers, either hobbyists or professionals. And everyone seems to be really divided on doodles. (laughs) Everyone seems to be divided on whether or not um, labradoodles or golden doodles or whatever other kind of oodle um, that you've got is whether they're 
an acceptable thing to buy, an acceptable thing to live on this earth. Um, people get really upset and heated about this. And I've pretty much got a group of friends who uh, don't care um, as far as, you know, what kind of dog you want to purchase for yourself. They care about responsible breeding, ethical breeding uh, practices, and it doesn't really bother them if somebody chooses an intentionally crossed breed uh, bred dog versus a an intentionally produced purebred dog. And then I've got a whole bunch of people who really think that crossbreeding dogs on purpose is the devil's work and really a bad idea. Um, and no one's changing anybody's mind here. And in fact, when the doodle craze kind of first started to hit the scene, I was pretty adamantly opposed to it as well. I thought, you know, mixed breed dogs are dying in shelters. Why are we producing more mixed breed dogs? Yada, yada. Um, I felt strongly that crossbreeding two unhealthy purebreds would only produce unhealthy mixed breeds. Um, and I still feel that way, but I support any kind of purposeful breeding program. And if somebody is breeding is crossing Labradors and Poodles, for instance, and producing nice pet dogs for people that live a long time and generally don't have behavior problems, I support that. Um, and that's how I feel about it, but I'm not going to argue with anybody about it on the internet. <laughs> because, again, I feel strongly in that stance. I don't feel compelled to prove anything to anybody else. If I did feel compelled um, to prove that opinion to somebody, that's again, that's just a clue to me that maybe I'm not as sure as I think I am. If you're sure about something, then you won't engage in an argument about it. You will instead look at the opinions of the other people. If you feel like there's an opinion that hasn't been represented and that's yours, you might give it. But then you move on with your life. You don't continue to fight. If you're sure you're right, you don't need to prove anybody wrong. And then the last kind of point that I want to make, which comes from a, a TED Talk that I saw at some point about being wrong, is if I ask you what it feels like to be wrong... You'll, you'll say yucky. You'll say it, it doesn't feel good. But the truth is that what it feels like to be wrong is exactly what it feels like to be right. What you immediately associated when I said, what does it feel like to be wrong, is you, you thought I was asking, what does it feel like to find out you're wrong? <laughs> right? So before you know that you're wrong, it feels exactly like being right. Finding out that you're wrong does feel yucky, but just being wrong, having incorrect information, having an opinion that is not supported by um, data or science, that feels the same as being right until you find out that you're wrong. Okay, so people are not compelled to find out that they're wrong because it doesn't feel good. People are compelled to stay firmly in their stance um, because it feels good to stand firmly in a stance. And that's why it's so hard to change anybody's mind about anything, especially online. 
So just when you see arguments, when you see things that you want to engage in, or maybe you're at a dog show and you're hearing somebody have just kind of a blatantly wrong training opinion that they're freely giving out, rather than jumping in there, ask yourself, am I sure that my opinion is the one that's correct here or not? And if you're not sure, that's when you're going to feel compelled to prove yourself But I would encourage you instead to have a discussion if you're not sure. Um, And that discussion may lead you to understand that you're incorrect, or it may lead you to stand firmer in your position and then be able to move on with your life and not need to prove anybody wrong. So this is all just a very convoluted way of saying that um, we usually don't know when we're wrong until we do. And then we change our opinion, right? So... That's how you just let people have their opinions. You let people be wrong until they figure it out. Um, And trust that the information is available to them. And if they ask you for more, then you should present more. But generally speaking, your life will be easier if you recognize that everybody kind of thinks they're right. They don't understand that they're wrong. Um... And that we are intrinsically motivated to stand firm in that position because it feels yucky to find out we're wrong. Okay, so if you kind of understand that, then you will be able to just take that deep breath and walk away from that conversation at the dog show that you don't want to be a part of. Um, Or take a deep breath and click out of Facebook and go take your dog for a walk. Okay, so um, on that note, that's what I'm about to do. Thanks for listening to CogDog Radio. If you have questions or suggestions, shoot them over to CogDogRadio at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like the CogDog Radio Facebook page. And until next time, happy training.